let's get started this morning. Once again, um, Pastor Dan and Marcia are not here. They are off somewhere on vacation at a church. Um, so Pastor Dan asked me to fill in for him, which I am always, always honored and privileged to do. Um, so I'm very glad to, to be here with you. And I, I haven't preached on a Sunday morning in a long while. I don't know how long it's been, but definitely not where, since we're in here. Um, so if you don't know who I am, as I like to say often, I'm not just the tall, weird, skinny dude up here. Uh, <laughs> my name is Pastor Matt. I'm the youth pastor here um, at Louisville First Assembly. I, you may know me also as the announcements guy because I come up here every week and do the announcements. So hopefully you kind of know my face, um, but that's who I am. I'm the youth pastor here, and uh, I'm just so lucky and privileged to be here. Well, if you were here the last few weeks, which hopefully you were, you would know that Pastor Dan was going through a sermon series called what? From this day forward, someone gave me, I always do that to my teenager, I always ask what I talked about last week, just to make sure that they remembered, um, so if I do anything like that, feel free to say something back. So, so last week he covered from this day forward, which was an awesome, awesome series on relationships and love and healthy Christ-like relationships, you know, the triangle, how when we get closer to God, we also get closer to each other. Awesome stuff. And I'm not going to continue that, um, but I am going to be speaking on something that's very, very similar to that, something about our hearts. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to be starting at verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, starting at verse 20. Like I said, I'm not continuing his from this day forward, but I am going to be talking about our hearts. Something that's very important to us, not only in relationships, but more importantly in our relationship with Christ. So this morning I'm going to take a look at a message that I have entitled, Guard Your Heart. Guard Your Heart. Simply entitled, Guard Your Heart. So if you're there with me in Proverbs chapter 4, let's begin reading at verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can learn from you and, and just get to know more about you. God, I pray, Lord, as we as we enter into your word, Lord, that you would just have your way, that you would just speak your message and what you would want us to hear this morning. We, we thank you for what you're going to do, and we pray this all in your name. Amen. All right, so how many of you guys have heard this verse or this phrase at least a thousand times, right? Guard your heart. I'm sure we've all heard this before, and it's good because it's really a vital truth. It's really important to our lives, so I'm sure we've all heard of it before. See, the Bible talks numerous amount of times about guarding our heart and our mind and our actions, all these things, but guarding our heart is one of the most important things that we can do. See, guarding our heart is so important. See, it seems so simple. You know, it doesn't seem to require a lot of work. It doesn't take a whole lot of time out of our day. It doesn't take a whole lot of energy. You know, we're just guarding our heart. That's super easy, but in reality, it's actually really difficult to do. It's not that easy. See, Solomon places this verse at the end of a paragraph talking about wisdom. So, 
So chapter 4 of Proverbs, and a lot of Proverbs, is about wisdom and about keeping your wisdom. And he says that we shouldn't set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. All these things that are, like, really good stuff, like, that would help you go far in life. Like, don't get associated with evil men. That's kind of, like, do that and you'll be set. But all this good stuff that, that Solomon is talking about here, and then at the end of it, he says that above all of that, above all of the wisdom, above all of the advice he is giving in this passage, above everything that we need to guard our hearts. See, it may not seem like an important thing to do, but the truth is you could have all the wisdom in the world, you could be so smart, but if you didn't guard your heart, if we didn't guard our hearts, it would be useless. It wouldn't matter because guarding our heart is at the bottom of, of what we truly need to do. So this morning, I want to take a look at a few questions that we can answer to help us guard our hearts in everything that we do. So obviously, if you guys haven't noticed, I don't necessarily preach like Pastor Dan. I'm not as, I'm just a different person. We're both pretty tall, right? But we're not the same person. He's a little older than I am. I'm a little younger. Um, but, but I like to do some points. And so I'm going to break this down to three questions that, that we're going to look at today and we're going to answer that will help us guard our hearts. So the first question that I want to look at this morning is what does it mean to guard my heart? What does it mean to guard my heart? See, like I said, we've probably all heard this verse before plenty of times. You know, we've heard, guard your heart. Make sure that, that you're keeping it guarded. And that's important. It's something that, that's used very, it's very popular, especially in, in church. But what does it really mean to guard your heart? See, I know we say it a lot, but just because we say something doesn't mean we always understand what it means. And I want to look at what it means to guard our heart, but first, I have a question for you to think about, just on your own. So, so when you think of the word guard, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? So when you think of the word guard, just, just think of that, and don't say it out loud, but what's the first thing? So maybe some of you thought of a jail cell with a guard outside, or maybe some of you thought about the, that British castle with all those guys with the funny hats. Um, what are those things called? They're guards of something. I don't know. They can't smile or do anything. That's what I think of. Or maybe, maybe you thought of like a big guy in a black suit with black sunglasses and an earpiece in, and he's protecting the president or something. Or maybe you think of like me, um, uh, a basketball player, maybe like a point guard or a shooting guard. Um, I'm, I like basketball. So that's what I think of. And all of these things Maybe you thought of something else. All these things are accurate descriptions of a guard. None of these things are wrong. They're not necessarily wrong or, or different. They're all accurate descriptions of what a guard is. But what does that have to do with guarding your heart? What are these things, all these security guards, what do these have to do with guarding your heart? Well, when it comes to guarding our heart, we can't really put a teeny tiny security guard inside our chest to stand guard right outside of our heart and say, no, you can't come in. We can't really do that. That wouldn't make much sense. Because when we talk about guarding our heart, it's not necessarily the, the organ in our chest that we're talking about. Right? So, so we, we know when it says guard your heart, God does not mean go get 
a surgery that implants a tiny person inside of your chest to guard it. That's not what the Bible is talking about. And I think we know that. The Bible talks about our heart and our mind and our soul a bunch of times. It, it talks extensively about these things. And that's not necessarily because God um, thinks that it's extremely important for us to keep track of our cholesterol. It's not that, that's not why God is talking about it. See, when the Bible talks about our heart, it's because our heart is represented as the center of our being, the source of our desire and our decisions. Let me begin then. The Bible talks about our heart is because our heart is represented as the center of our being, the source of our desire and decisions. So that means when the, when the Bible is talking about guarding our heart, when it's talking about the heart, our organ, it's not saying that we need to put a fence around our entire chest so that no one can get in. It's saying that we need to guard our decisions, our actions, and our desires. That's what it truly means. See, so we, we hear this verse all the time and we talk about it, but do we ever really understand what it means to guard our heart? Because, because if we're just talking about guarding our organ, that's really easy. I take a few pills, go to the doctor every once in a while. I'm set, man. I'm really good at guarding my heart. But, but it's so much more than that. It's about guarding our decisions, our actions, and our desires. It's so much more than, like I said, just taking a few pills or walking a few miles every day to make sure that we're healthy. And, and, and I think we realize that, but we often don't realize how difficult it really is. See, when it comes down to it, what it means to guard our heart is to make sure that our actions, our decisions, and our desires aren't centered around the things that we want. They aren't centered around the things that the world would want us to have, but that those things, those, those vital, important things to our life are centered around what God would want in our life. Not the, not the things of this world, because this world wants us to desire you know, money and clothes and food and popularity or fame, and they want us to take the actions in order to get those things. But when God is saying that we need to guard our heart, he's saying that our actions, our desires, everything needs to be focused and centered around him and not around what we would want. See, these things are, are ultimately, they make us who we are. See, the things that we decide to do, the actions that we decide to take, they ultimately make us who we are, and they affect our life in so many ways. And what Solomon is trying to get across here in Proverbs chapter 4, when he says that above everything else we need to guard our heart, isn't that we need to put that tiny security guard in our chest to guard our heart. He's saying that we need to guard our decisions, our desires, and our actions, those things that are so important to our life, that's what Solomon is saying, that, that above all the wisdom, we could have everything in this world, but what it means to guard our heart is to make sure that our, our decisions and our desires are centered around Christ and not centered around ourselves. So we, so we talk about guarding our heart a lot, and a lot of times it's re related to relationships or, or things like that, but but it's not just about an organ. It's not just about something. It's so much more than that. It's about our actions and our desires and those things to make sure that we can keep those things on God. So that's what Solomon is talking about when he says to guard our heart. That's what it means to guard our heart, all right? So we, we're all aware. Everyone understands. When I say guard your heart, 
I do not mean to go buy a fence and put it around your chest and walk like a lunatic. I'm saying that we need to guard our decisions and our actions. So we know that. But the next question I want to look at this morning is what are we guarding our heart against? So we know that, that guarding our heart means, means more than just making our 10,000 steps each day. You know, we, we, we know that, that we have to do more than that, but what are we guarding our hearts against? And is it really that big of a deal to know what we're guarding our, our hearts against? Um, well, from my experience, if it's um, written in the Bible, especially multiple times, it's kind of important. So if the Bible talks about it, especially more than once, we should take focus on it. But what are we guarding against? Are we guarding against cholesterol or things like that? What are we guarding against? See, some of us in here, a lot of Christians may not see or recognize a real threat to our heart. Some of us have a hard time seeing that there's an actual threat to our heart. And I understand this because I grew up in church, literally. I pretty much came out of the womb in church. My dad's a pastor. I was in church. I went to a Christian school. I went to the Christian clubs at school. I went to a Christian college. I grew up around the church. And, and when we're in these church activities and with other Christians, it can be hard to see how there is a threat to our heart. Because we're not looking at, at what's going on around us, but we're so focused on what's going on in our life. See, it can be hard to do that. But, but when we're called to guard our heart, it means that we're guarding against something, right? It means that we have to guard against something. We can't, we're not guarding nothing. And, and when we're guarding against something, it's good to know what we're guarding against, right? It's good to know that we're guarding against something so that we can best defend ourselves in, in case that we need to. So let me put this down in, in a different form. So say you're in the secret service or you're like in charge of guarding someone who's like highly official. Like you're the guy with the sunglasses or the girl with the sunglasses and the suit and the earpiece that you see in all those movies all the time and they're really mean and scary. And yeah, so, so that's you. Imagine that's you. If you were like that and, and you were placed with guarding a highly valuable target, that if something happened to them, the whole world would just explode or something bad would happen. Imagine that. Wouldn't you want to know what's going on around you? Wouldn't you want to know what kind of threats are out there if you're guarding it? And, and if, you're, if you're taking a path, if you have to go somewhere, wouldn't you want to know what path you were taking so that you can see where other people may attack you from? See, you would check out all these things and you would make sure that, that nothing could possibly get what you are guarding. And this is the secret service. This is like highly stuffed. So, so they would make sure that, that we can't get attacked from any angle. From front, behind, they have people in front of them. They have high security, you know, guns and all these things. That's just kind of how being a good security guard would work, right? Like that's, that's just kind of common defense for a, a security guard. And the same thing goes from, for our hearts. If we're supposed to be guarding our heart, we need to know what we're guarding against so that we can best defend ourselves from it. See, if we don't know what's going on, and if we don't know what's attacking our hearts, we end up defenseless. 
When, when the troubles of this world come and the, and the pain, and then all of a sudden we're being attacked and our hearts are being, our decisions, our actions are being questioned and the things that we're doing, if we're not aware and we don't have a defense, we can end up defenseless and hurt. And that's why the Bible makes it so clear that we need to guard our heart above all of this other stuff. Because it's so important to know, because whether we realize it or not, there is a war going on for our heart. Whether you want to realize it or not, it's true, it's there. They are fighting for our heart. But what exactly is it that we're guarding against? Well, there's a whole bunch of things, and I could give you a big list, but I want to give you some specific examples some real-life examples of things that we should be guarding our heart against. So last week at Fusion, no, not last week, two weeks ago at Fusion, yes. Two weeks ago at Fusion, which is our, our youth group, our student ministry, um, we were doing a series called Murderers of Love um, and, and things that killed the love in our life. And no, I, I showed them a video about Murders of Love and I screamed and I yelled and I'm not going to do that for you, don't worry. Um, but, but we did a, a series called Murderville. So we looked at, you know, jealousy and quarreling. And two weeks ago, we looked at something that, that a lot of people don't talk about in church. We looked at sexual immorality, and mostly we split up between the guys and the girls, and we talked about pornography and the issue that faces it. So during this service that, that I split up these guys and girls, I gave a little survey card to all the guys and to all of the girls. And on that that survey had a few questions anonymous completely I, I asked them to answer completely truthfully and and two of the questions on that survey were the first one was have you ever seen an inappropriate slash pornographic image on accident so this meant like you didn't want to see it you just saw it whether it be on the internet or like a billboard or something Did, have you ever seen something like that and then the next question Another question asked, have you ever seen an inappropriate or pornographic image on social media? So like Facebook or Twitter or something where you may still not want to have seen it, but it was there. So I asked these questions to, to the guys and the girls because I knew that this was a problem in our culture that we are facing and I wanted to face it head on. And so we had this whole um, this night about, you know, the effects and, and what God has called us to do, be, be strong men of God and stay pure and all this stuff, and it was awesome. But when I, when I went back to these surveys, my heart kind of broke as I read the answers that I was given. You see, the, the, the response for the guys to the first question, this is, the, the first question that said, have you ever seen something on accident, something you weren't supposed to, or something that the enemy might be trying to use to attack you? The first response, 88% of guys said that they had seen an inappropriate image accidentally. 88%. And for the girls, it was 75%. So that, that just kind of blew my mind. That many people, that high percentage, had seen something. And the next question, the... The, the guy's response for the second question was that 70% had seen it on social media. So 70% of those guys, those teenagers, had seen something accidentally on, on a website. And that 88% of the girls had seen something on social media. So these are things that, that we go throughout life 
not intentionally looking out for, but they find us anyway. Things that we are not searching out. It's not like these teenagers are going out on Facebook looking up inappropriate images on purpose. These are just things that the enemy is trying to attack us with. And I wanted to share this with you because these are real people. These are people that I know personally. This isn't some random statistic that I pulled off from a random website. These are people that I know. And I'm sure you know the things in your life where you're not looking out for trouble, you're not going out searching for something, but your heart is still being attacked. Whether it be something like that or something completely different, whether we're looking for it or not, our hearts are being fought for. When we, we have to realize that our enemy is alive and real and he's attacking our hearts. Not only in this way that I just explained with the teenagers, these are just two questions. Not only in this way, but in so many others. They're, they're, I, the list could go on, and there could be pride, lust, anger, jealousy, frustration, hurt. These things that, that he uses to attack our hearts, the list could go on and on and on. And these are the things that we're called to guard against. And, and I could just say, you know, if you're, if you're going through something bad, and if you're looking at stuff, you need to stop, or you, you know you have this. But the truth about these things, why I wanted to share this, is because we don't always realize it's going on. So we don't always realize what's happening, but then when we look back or, or what's going on, we, we see that the enemy has been kind of sneak attacking us and, and penetrating our hearts and, and infiltrating our decisions and our actions and the things that we do because we didn't realize it. You see, like I said, these, these teenagers, the questions, these were both things that they did not go out looking for, but things that just found them anyway. And the truth is that the enemy wants to use these things to, to destroy our relationship with God. So the enemy wants to use these things. He's not just attacking our hearts for fun. He wants to tear us apart from God. And we have to realize that we are fighting a real enemy. That it's not something that we're just talking about and doesn't exist. No, this is real. And I'm sure you could think of those things in your life that you've seen or that you've gone through that you didn't go looking for, but they found you anyway. See, these are the things that we are called to guard against. All these things, these, these struggles, these things that take our desires, that take our actions, that take our motivations, and turn them from God onto ourselves. See, that's what we're guarding against. It's not like specific thing. I can't just say one thing that we need to guard our hearts against. It could be different for all of us. It's that thing in our life that is turning our decisions and our actions and our desires away from God and onto what we would want instead or what the world would want. See, it could be a, a huge list of things, so I don't have a specific answer, but, but we all know those things in our life. We know those things, whether it be pride or anger or lust, these things that, that are focusing on me instead of God. These things that turn our actions and, and ultimately they influence us in such a way that we're no longer seeking after what God would want, but we're seeking after our own desires our own actions, these things that just kind of snowball into effect, but it starts 
a lot of times and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it. We just go through life and we say, yeah, I've, I've been dealing a lot with this, but you know, it's okay, I'm not worrying about it. Or I, I keep seeing this stuff and, and I'm struggling with it, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. He just wants us to brush it off. He wants us to forget about it. You know, yeah, you, you struggle with that, but your heart's good. When he's actually sneaking in and destroying our relationship with God. See, things aren't just playful, fun, little things that we, you know, oh, I, yeah, I, I mess with that. No, if we let these things continue, they will kill our relationship with God. Because our lives cannot be focused on ourselves and God at the same time. It doesn't work that way. We cannot simultaneously live with our desires and God's desires. They have to become one. And we have to desire what God would want for us. See, if we never realize that these things, these things aren't just trying to hurt us or distract us, that they're actually trying to kill our relationship with God, then we're never going to make an actual conscious effort to guard our hearts from them. If we don't realize that these things in our life are attacking us, then we're not going to guard our hearts from them. We're not going to guard our desires and our actions and those things that we're going through from them. We have to realize that the enemy is attacking it and our enemy is alive and real, but so is our God. Thank the Lord. This brings me to the last question I want to look at this morning. So we looked at, you know, what does it mean to guard our hearts? That is more than just a security guard. And we looked at what we're guarding against, a real, true enemy. The last question I want to look at this morning is how do we guard our hearts? How do we guard our hearts? You see, it's not enough for us to realize that there's an attack going on for our hearts and our, for, for our souls. We actually have to do something about it. We can't just realize it. We can't just say, oh yeah, my, my heart's being infiltrated by the enemy. Cool. I'm done. That's it. No, we have to do something about it. See, the, the Bible doesn't say in this verse, Solomon doesn't say that we need to have someone else guard our heart. He doesn't say that we need to hire someone to make sure that we, our heart is safe and our, our decisions and our actions are focused around God. It doesn't say that. It says that we need to make an individual effort to guard our own personal hearts. Like I said before, the, 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 the attacks of our heart could be different for each and every one of us. Those things that <clears throat> turn our desires and our actions away from God. It could be different. It could be a number of different things. See, we, we need to make an individual effort to guard our own hearts. But what does that mean? What does it entail to guard our own hearts? Well, in order to guard our hearts, we have to be intentional about it. We have to do it on purpose. We can't just do it on accident. We can't just do it haphazardly. We have to do it on purpose. We can't wait until we're being attacked to come up with a plan like, oh, I'm stuck in this rut of jealousy and anger. Okay, God, what do I do now? We have to make an intentional effort to defend ourselves from it and to, to make an effort to guard our hearts. We have to know our enemy and know how he tries to attack us. See, I'm sure all of us can think of a way that your heart has been attacked, whether it be 
you know, depression or, or sickness or these things that the enemy wants to use to take our desires from ourselves. And the struggle could be different for each and every one of us, but just because we, we may struggle with different things doesn't mean that we can't know how to guard our hearts. You see, in order to guard our hearts, one of the things we must do is we must actively seek God. Actively seek God. See, we must actively seek God, and what that means is that we have to seek God's plans for our lives and our decisions and our actions and our desires. So we have to seek after what God would want for our life and our actions, you know, our desires, the things that we do, we need to seek after God. Because the enemy, the, the devil wants us to seek what the world would want for our life. See, the enemy wants us to seek what, what the world is telling us to do or what someone else is telling us to do. But, but if we want to guard our hearts, we have to seek what God would want us to do. And if we begin to be in tune with God, if we begin to, to, to get in tune with God and what he would want for us, then it becomes much easier for us to guard our hearts. It becomes much easier when we're in tune with God. But being in tune with God means that we have to spend time with God. Being in tune with God doesn't just happen randomly. It takes time with God. See, we can't possibly know what God desires for our life without actually spending time with God, seeking what he would desire. So these things that we're called to guard against, that we're called to guard, so our, our desires, our decisions, those things in our life that it's saying when, it, when it's talking about our heart, we can't know what God would want for us. We can't know what, what action God would want us to take if we're not spending time with God seeking that out. We can't know God's desire for our lives if we never spend time with Him. We have to to spend time with God, and it is essential for guarding our hearts. Because it takes all that stuff, all those attacks of the enemy, no matter where you're at, it takes those away, and it, it puts up that wall because we're following what God would want us to do. We're following His desires, His actions, all those awesome things. Another way that we can actively guard our hearts is by keeping our hearts on the things of God and not of the things of this world. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your old life is now hidden with Christ. See, we are with Christ. We are no longer like this world. We have died to our old self, our own decisions, our own desires, all those things. We have died to our old self, and now we are with Christ. So if we truly want to guard our hearts, we need to focus our hearts on what's truly important, and that is of the things above and not of the things of this world. You see, if we spend so much time focusing on the things of this world and, and the problems that we're facing and, and what the world is doing or what the culture says we should be doing then our hearts, we're not guarding them. God's called us to, to look above, to, look, to focus on Him because He is perfect and His will is perfect. See, in, in order to guard our hearts, we have to, to 
not focus so much on what this world would want for our lives, but focus on what God would want for our lives. And that's why it's so important in Colossians chapter 3, it says, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. If we want to guard our hearts, it tells us exactly how to do it. Set our hearts on Christ. Set our focus, our attention, our, our purpose, our passion, these things. Focus them on Christ and not on ourselves. And that becomes so much different. See, if we really want to guard our heart, bottom line is we cannot do it on our own. If we want to guard our heart, we can't do it on our own. If we try to use our own power and our own ability to keep the enemy from invading our heart, we have to do it with God's help. If we really want to guard our heart, we have to use God. See, if we try to guard our hearts on our own power and not spend time with God or not, you know, look to Him instead of the things of this world or not ask that He would help us guard it, then our defense will be weak and our enemy will just completely overpower it. That's just what's going to happen if we try and guard our hearts ourselves. We have to do it with God. Now, I'm going to go a little bit off track here, but it's four points. Most of you guys know that I have two dogs, right? So this is a little off track, but there's a point. Most of you guys know I have two dogs, and they are um, they're pretty much the coolest dogs ever. Um, so one of my dogs, the smaller one, is named Charlie. Charlie is a fat English bulldog. She's, like, huge, big, just rolls everywhere. Um, and Charlie... She doesn't like it when Liz and I leave the house. Charlie's a perfect angel when we're there, but if we leave and she's out, it will look like a tornado went through our living room. Like, that's just how it goes. She does not like it when we leave. She loves us so much. So she hates it when we leave. So in order to keep her contained, we have Charlie in this little room um, so that she can't get out and destroy all of our lamps. Because for some reason, she just likes to chew our lamps up. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, I've had to rewire my lamps like four times now. So, so we keep her in this little room um, so that she can't get out and escape and, you know, destroy all of our lamps. Now, we, to keep Charlie in this room, we, we put something to, to guard her from getting out. We have this, this piece of wood. It used to be, we, we've escalated. It used to be something, but then she got bigger and she's climbing over it and climbing over it. So now we had a piece of wood there, and then on top of that, we had, let me just show you, we had this baby gate, um, because she would jump over the wood and um, climb on this baby gate. So this is what we used to use to guard Charlie, okay, and used to for a reason, I'll show you in a second. So, so when I envision myself trying to guard my heart without God, it kind of reminds me of this baby gate, this, this baby gate that, if you can't tell, has been completely destroyed. Um, if you know anything about babies or gates, this is not how it's supposed to look. Okay, this is completely wrong. Um, she has just torn this thing up, and, and for some reason, she hates it so much that when she knocks it down and gets out, she chews on it. So it's not enough, she's like, ha, take that, you dumb gate. She just really does not like it. So yeah, it's kind of broken. Um, we have a new one so she doesn't destroy my lamps. But, but when I think of my relationship with God and trying to guard my heart on my own, this is what I think of. Because like my wife and I, trying to 
to guard our dog from getting out. Our dog was more determined to get out than our defense was strong to keep her in or out in the same way. See, our, our hearts, we can try and guard them, we can try and defend them, but on our own, we will not be strong enough because the enemy wants to get in and he will do whatever it takes to get there. The enemy wants to sway our decisions, he wants to sway our desires, and he will crumble our defense like Charlie crumbled this dumb gate. Granted, it was only like $5, but still, it should have held up better than this. I mean, come on, it was pretty pathetic. So this is what I think of when I, when I think of guarding my heart on my own. Because we can try and put defenses up. We can try and do things on our own and ourself and, and do whatever we want. But at the end of the day, the enemy is going to get in. He's going to knock the gate down. He's going to chew it up and spit it out. Because <laughs> he is a horrible person, just like that stupid dog. <laughs> when she gets out. No, I'm kidding. I love my dog. But she's not very smart. So, so this is what I think of. And see, the enemy is, is so determined to get into our lives and change our actions and our desires and those things that we have that are weak little baby gate defenses that we try to use on our, on our own just completely crumble. See, he's so determined to get in. We can't do it on our own. When, when we say guard our heart, you know, yeah, I'm good. I, I've, I've got my heart guarded. Sometimes I'll pray. Sometimes I'll ask God to help me. But that's just putting a baby gate up to something that needs a steel wall. Really. That, that's just saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, maybe I'll do this once in a while or I'll go to church Sunday and Wednesday and I'll listen and I won't fall asleep and I'll stay awake, you know, and I'll be good. But, but that's just putting, what's it? I don't know the phrase, a band-aid where you need stitches or something. Like, that's just putting a baby gate up where you need a giant steel fortress. Because we're just trying to do it on our own. We're just trying to face life and, and, and the, the struggles and temptations on our own. And, and like my dog did, then he's just going to come and chew it up and spit it out. <laughs> but, but when we spend time with God, when we set our desires, our focus, our action, all those things on Him and what He would want from our life, when we focus on the things above, our, our defense goes from being this tiny little baby gate to being an impenetrable wall. See, it goes from being this tiny little blue baby gate to a giant fortress that the enemy cannot defeat. But the, the the main goal, the, the point is that, that we cannot almost kind of sometimes do it with God. Because then maybe we'll start building a wall, and then we'll, we'll put a baby gate where a brick needs to go. And, and that little hole in our wall where we're not spending time with God, or we're not keeping our mind on the things above, and we're not focusing on what God would have, that, that little piece, the enemy will find his way in. See, we need to, to set a firm foundation for our heart and for our life, and that starts with our desires and our actions being on the things of God. And, and that's how we guard our hearts. See, guarding our hearts isn't something that we can just opt out of doing as a Christian. It's not an option. The Bible clearly says 
that we have to do it above all this other stuff that, that Solomon was saying. If we want a lasting relationship with Christ that impacts the lives of others and, and our friends and our families, we have to realize that the enemy wants to destroy our hearts, to take our desires, our actions, our, our will, and our, all those things that, that kind of make us who we are and turn them from God to this world. He wants to take those things and turn them into things that aren't from God. And if we allow our hearts to be overtaken, it can not only affect ourselves, it can affect our friends and our families. It is vital, it is so important that we guard our hearts. And I know we've all heard this verse before, but the reason I wanted God, I felt God wanted me to focus on this today is because we need to actually do it. It's not enough just to listen to it. It's not enough just to read the verse. We have to do something about it. We have to guard our hearts. We have to stop putting baby gates where bricks belong. We have to stop doing it on our own and, and, and failing, and we have to start focusing on God. To close out this morning, I just want to spend just a moment in prayer. Because a lot of us may feel like our hearts have been surrounded by these baby gates for a long, long time, and they look a little bit like this thing does. They just look battered and bruised and chewed up and spit out. But God has come to give us life. He's come to give us life and to give us protection and love and and the perfect desires, the perfect will of God. And there's, there's, like we sang before, freedom in God. There's freedom from those things that, that bind us and that, that have taken over our hearts. So I just want to pray this morning to close out. And as I'm praying, think of those things that are attacking your hearts. Those things, because I know each and every one of us, I can think of things on my own that are attacking my heart, so I know you can think of something that attacks your heart. And pray that God would give us the, the power and the ability to put bricks where we've had baby gates up. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love, God. We thank you, Lord, that you have come to give us life and, and to give us peace and to give us hope. God, I pray, Lord, for each and every one of us here this morning, God, as, as maybe some of us have been trying to do it on our own. We've been trying to guard our hearts, so we haven't been doing enough. And so we've got holes in our, our defense, and so our actions and our, our desires, these things aren't on you, but they're on what we would want. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just change our motivations, our desires, everything that we do to focus on you today, God. God, Lord, that you would just give us the strength to overcome these, these attacks of the enemy, Lord. You just give us the wisdom and the strength to do what we need to do on a daily basis, God. God, may we set our mind on things above. May we set our minds on the things of you and not the things of ourselves or what this world would want us to have, God. God, help us to realize that there is a real and ever-present threat to our hearts. Something that's trying to attack us, but but this morning we proclaim victory over those things that are trying to attack us, God. 
God, we pray, Lord, for all these, these things that are attacking, Lord, they would just be gone in your name. You would just give us the strength to overcome. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. We pray this all in your name. And everyone said, amen. You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www.firstagonline.com. That's www.firstagonline.com.